0: What's going on everybody? We are back. This is episode 156 of the Dark Windows podcast. My name is Kevin. I'm Kevin. 156. Wow. I know it's fucking crazy, right? I thought And you know, wow. We, crazy. We kind of figured it's a it's a dark and dreary, kind of shitty day here in uh here in the old 802. So what a what better time to record an episode about some dark and dreary shit that went on in a different place
1: (laughs) yeah so okay so i have a question for you sure and you could tell me if it's true like if i was seeing it correctly so you and i because of the topic we're covering you told me to watch it watch the show yep and i'm probably sure you're you're gonna name it Uh uh-huh but but my question is this the guy that committed suicide Yes. Did they did they actually use his picture from when he was dead with his brain out of his fucking skull as the cover for, uh for their for their CD? They sure did. <laughs> okay. So, we'll actually get into uh, that on I was uh I was just curious. Hold on, hold on one
0: second. Yeah.
1: gonna knock my uh, my earbud out? Okay, so yeah, I was just curious, because I was like, wait, is that a CD cover?
0: Uh Uh-huh, and unfortunately, I can't share it. I can't share it, unfortunately, on the Facebook page, because it will get taken down immediately.
1: Oh, it's graphic. Which
0: super sucks, but oh yeah, it's fucking gnarly. But So, this is a topic that's been kind of, we've been rattling around for a while. Um, something I've always been fascinated with and I know Kevin's kind of wanted to learn a little bit more about it just to, you know, cause it's, again, it's fascinating. It's a really interesting topic to, uh, to kind of go through. Um, now let me ask you a question. Okay. When you think of Norway, what's the first thing that comes to mind?
1: Uh, I don't know. Viking, I don't know. Oslo winter games. I don't know. Yeah, okay.
0: Skiing. So like the 1994 Olympics Vikings. I s- skiing skiing because they invented it
1: yeah that's what come i mean that's reindeer i mean that's what comes to my brain
0: now what about guys covered in white face paint to make themselves look like they're dead giant thick leather wrist gauntlets with nails sticking out of them and some just really really heavily distorted fast guitar music with it. No. Okay. Uh, so we're going to we're going to change your mind on that one cuz uh this week and next week we are going to be talking about the Norwegian black metal scene and some of the crimes that were connected to that. And boy howdy, are there a bunch of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, apparently I mean I mean I know the black death metal or they call it black metal whatever was like kind of from that region, the Scandinavian region. But like, I guess now it's like pushed to all different parts of the world. Oh yeah, absolutely. But there's people that like realize that they're like, I'm not making any money off of this, you know, because it's not really all that popular. I mean, it's popular, But but it's not popular,
0: but it's also not about making money sometimes.
1: Sometimes, yeah.
0: It's about not compromising what you want to do for music, you know? Yeah. So the, the, music, the music style itself actually dates back to early 1980s with a van, uh, a band called Venom, which is what a lot of people consider to be the first black metal band. And they were actually British, believe it or not. And the the, the term black metal actually came from one of their albums. I think it was their second or third album. It's actually just titled Black uh, Black Metal and uh if you go back and listen to the earlier stuff it's not not like what we're going to get into with some of the other bands it's more like black sabbath but a little bit faster and louder yeah is what like early black metal is and like i can kind of like i can get into that that's that's fun and the first band in scandinavia to kind of pull everything together one of the first i should say was a band called bathory who were uh swedish uh their lead singer thomas forsberg and like i said a lot of hockey names so (laughs) get ready (laughs) yeah not peter forsberg thomas forsberg so uh, easily enough to confuse this guy probably had less uh probably scored less goals i would imagine but um being a Swede, I think being Swedish and being Canadian is kind of the same thing where like you're born and you're like, like from the birth canal, fall into skates and have a stick in your hand, possibly.
1: Or you, you have know, skis, I've, skis on I, your on your feet.
0: I've never seen anybody give birth to a Swedish child, so I couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they were, so uh, Bathory was basically the first band to start the trend of the, like this, like. Screaming, growling lyrics, and the like the an in instrumental sound that would become very much a cornerstone to a different like variation of of metal, which would be like where you get into uh like your Viking metal bands like Amana Marth, Tear, um, uh Teresa's other other bands like that.
1: Sons of um, Bottom or whatever. No,
0: not not so much with them. So they're more just like a like a speedy like thrash metal kinda it doesn't have the same kind of like almost like folk music but just like cranked up kind of sound
1: um so now i I wonder the was this kind of like the start of like Because uh, it's it almost seems like they were either that they were about the same time and they had the kind of like the same sound as uh. Oh fuck! What band am I thinking of? Um. Oh goddamn it! Give me a song. I I don't know any songs by him. I just know that like the guy's fucking like a monster. He's like fucking huge, but he's a nerd.
0: Uh, uh, Cannibal Corpse. Yeah, like you oh, know, yeah,
1: like, they, that, they... like like kind of like that. <laughs> 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 oh, absolutely! Know, it's like. But, like, I'm, I, cause I was kind of thinking about that when I was watching the show. Um, because I was like, well, cause I was, I was listening to the music and I was like, okay, so, cause it, every so often they play the music. Yeah. And I'm like, I couldn't understand what the fuck they're saying. But I, I, I kind of had that feeling of, of, um, remember when we went to, uh, Mayhem? Uh-huh. And uh, I said, like, because the Mastodon came on, and you were you were like, "Oh man, Mastodon's pretty good." And I was like, "Okay," I was like, "All right," I'm curious. Well, I I I just didn't like it, just because of the fact that the I couldn't hear the singer, what they were saying most of the time because of the like the um the guitar and everything else.
0: Well, that, like, that, that's God not damn. that's not normal for Mastodon. That was I know more that. like an engineering fuck up with this on the on the sound guys fault part, because Mastodon, you can actually like when you listen to it. You can hear what you can understand what they're saying.
1: Yeah, but um, I'm saying that's kind of like what I equated it to. I was like, oh, man, this sounds like what Mastodon sounded like that day that I heard them At uh, Mayhem Fest. Yeah, because I was like, I can't fucking understand the goddamn word the guy's saying because the guitar is so goddamn loud.
0: Yeah, so well, that was so that again. That was that. that was fuck up. Like, because they're fantastic.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but like I was like I was saying though, uh, it, I that's why I quitted it too because I was like, okay, well you know, I because I knew it was a fuck up, but I mean I was like, but but these guys are purposely sounding like this, and I don't even know what the fuck they're saying. So I'm right. like okay
0: well with some of it if you if you actually if you listen real hard you can understand what he's saying and then the more you listen to it the more you're like this this doesn't sound like somebody just slamming on a guitar the more you listen to it you're like i can actually hear what they're playing and it doesn't sound half bad you kind of you kind of have to listen to it and separate Certain instruments from others, be like, okay, well, I can really hear what what the guitar is doing here, and it actually sounds pretty decent.
1: Yeah, you know, but their message behind it <coughs> is kind of, uh, like, at least some of them. Uh, what is it? Uh, I don't know, probably a guy that we're going to talk about. Oh yeah, his, his, his and another guy that was on the film. They're they're kind of like their mentality after so long it was like our identity as a people is being like stripped away as being was as perverted raped up. by the Catholic faith. And I can kind of, you know, I, as you said, you can kind of see what they're talking about. And, and I, and I can, I can see what they're talking about, but yeah. I think it's, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think so much. It's a, uh, a uh, Catholic Judeo-Christian thing. I I think it's an every almost every religion thing, where if they come into a yeah. come into an area, you know, it's like well, yours isn't right, you know, because I think like the Muslims did it, uh, which I mean, it all that all stems back to, you know, uh, the Israelites, but I mean everything yeah. else like so the the, the, the big three. <laughs> Yeah, the Buddhists didn't, don't do that. The Shinto don't do that. Uh, the Hindu don't do that. You know, they're like whatever. Be you, you be you and you know, it doesn't matter. But it's like the others are kind of like, eh, yeah, basically. Here, here I'm going to force this upon you and you're going to get force fed it and you're going to like it. Oh, that was your sacred place.
0: We're going to take the cornerstones of your religion and make them a bad thing in ours so that you're the bad guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so that um I, I just so had anyway, to jump in there. So
0: Yeah, no no worries. Um so another uh, uh another band that had a pretty large influence, not necessarily musically but more um like from a visual aspect, would be a band called uh, Merciful Fate. They were a, a Danish group. Uh, the lead singer went by the, the stage name of King Diamond. He was one of the first guys to do the the white like grease paint with black lines and stuff on it to just kind of look a little weird. So that's kind of where a lot of that whole idea for corpse paint came from. And we'll get more into that as we go. Um, and I I do have to throw in the fact that most of the guys that were early on in this whole genre, like in the mid to late eighties, like 90% of them are like, oh yeah, no black Sabbath is absolutely the reason I started playing music. And they're, they're a huge inspiration for how we, how we play and all this stuff. And I'm like, you know, uh, it's one of those groups that, yeah, everybody knows them, but they don't necessarily get a lot of recognition for what they've done for music in general. Yeah. This Black Sabbath is fucking awesome.
1: Yep. One but of like my favorites. The, I I think the face paint though didn't come from Black Sabbath cuz Black Sabbath didn't do that. The first ones to actually do no, face no, no. paint. Not, but,
0: not Black Sabbath, but uh uh Merciful Fate. No, because no, it, it's fine. because it's not the same style. It's not the same style as Kiss where it's like look at all the, you know, this shit. No, his was like He's looked like almost like he'd been struck by lightning because there's just fucking crazy lines and all these different directions and stuff. Really, really weird. Um, Yeah,
1: but I'm pretty sure that they got the inspiration for that from Kiss, just because Kiss was the first ones to do that. They were the first band to to paint themselves up to dress like you know, like they were worship like fucking satanic worshipers and stuff like that like fucking spikes and everything else
0: but they just did it for shock value they'd had no you know I'll, I'll yeah, send you a picture of what I'm talking about with the. Uh,
1: but that's kind of uh, what these guys were that's kind of a bit of a shock value
0: but these guys meant what they were doing <laughs> this wasn't like hey we're gonna make it all so all scary and shit so your parents don't want to listen to your music yeah so one of the most common themes across the entire genre from like the first wave of black metal up into modern day is the inclusion of a lot of uh anti-religious and occasionally flat out satanic lyrics and i mean i'm not gonna sit here and you know fucking bitch and complain about you know anybody's beliefs because i really don't care it doesn't bother me if you don't like the music don't listen to it it's that simple it's that's the way i've always looked at it you don't have to be like well this is this is satanic so nobody should listen to it well maybe people want yep. to maybe just cuz you don't want to doesn't mean that it should be banned you know if you don't like it yeah. change fucking station i don't care exactly so the i think the best place to really jump into the meat of where we're going to get into this would be 1984 in oslo norway with one of the most Famous and infamous bands in the genre mayhem. So these guys were kind of, they were the first like Norwegian black metal band to really gain any kind of like actual real, like notoriety and believability. Like these guys were touring from time to time. So they were the first ones to really kind of get out there and, 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 you know, get their feet out into it. The band was originally formed by, and I'm going to butcher this dude's name, Oystein RSF, uh, who went by the stage name of Euronymous, which is what we're going to call him for the rest of this, because I'm not going to keep saying his last name, yeah. um, who was the guitarist. Uh, Jorn Studer, uh, Stuberud, who was a bass player, who uh, would go by Necro Butcher, which we'll call him for the remainder of this. Um, And the original drummer's name was Katel Mannheim. Um, so like pretty much any band when they're first kind of getting their, getting their feet underneath them, they have some, uh, some growing pains here and there guys come and go. Um, the core of the band would be Euronymous and Necro Butcher. Those were the guys that stayed essentially through the whole thing in the beginning. So they released their first album death crush in 1987 on the, the record label was uh, Poser Corpse Records, which is kind of kind of cool. Um, and this was actually the first record label that Euronymous owned. So they did an initial thousand pressings of their their album on vinyl. Um, and within four months, they had sold all thousand copies. They they weren't really expecting. To sell that many. They were like, oh, we'll sell, you know, three or four hundred, whatever. They sold all thousand copies in a, like a pretty quick period. And wow. then they just kind of they they never really it never really went back into print because they're like, oh, we'll just do another one, I guess. Um but it was in 1988 that some of the other, like I said, some of the other members had gone their separate way and started some other projects, including the original <laughs> singer and the original drummer, who kind of just fade off into obscurity at this point. So in 1988, Jan Axel Blomberg, who would go by Hellhammer, joins and takes over on drums. And it's kind of a funny story. Like they were they were looking for a drummer and he showed up at their like the, like where they're practicing and basically just hands Uranus a tape. He's like, oh this is me playing. And he he went in the other room and sat there and just kind of listened to it for like Four or five minutes came back, and he's like, "Yeah, get your stuff. You're fine." <laughs> he's like, "Okay," and he was he was a kid. He was like 17 at the time when he joined the band, so he was not, you know, I don't think he was really expecting to to just be thrown into it. Yeah. Um. And then a Swedish guy by the name of Per Olin comes in as the vocalist, and he gave himself the name Dead. This dude is real interesting. Um and i did I did do a little bit of digging to try to get into his his early life to figure out where some of his mental health issues <laughs> I guess we get we're gonna call it came from um, so when he was really young his his parents divorced, and while his mother was trying to get her shit together, he just kind of bounced around from family member to family member for a couple of years and then he eventually ends up living back with his mom and his older brother Anders when he was a kid he was like the, he was real short and scrawny really like small little kid which obviously you know makes you a prime target for bullies and yeah. uh one day one day he's surrounded by a group of like eight or nine older kids that just kicked the fuck out of him they beat him so badly that they thought they killed him and then they took off. So he dragged himself home, goes through the front door, gets into the, like the, the main room in the front of the house and collapses on the floor. Just as his mother walks out of the kitchen to see who's there. Um, so she rushes into the hospital. And when he got there, he was actually pronounced dead by the doctors due to internal bleeding. There was a lot of, uh, a lot of internal damage. He had like a ruptured spleen, they beat the shit out of this kid. He probably wow. should have died. Yeah, wow. I mean to rupture somebody's spleen just by beating him and not hitting him with like an implement is something. So, wow. And I mean, at this point in time, he was he's like nine or ten years old. He's just a kid. He's, <laughs> he's yeah. yeah. Not not a, like not a teenager, not an adult. Um, but after they revived him, he would start having. In these horrific dreams of of like death and dying, and due to some of his injuries he actually suffered from sleep apnea, which as a kid caused him to have these dreams that he was being suffocated because you're laying in bed on your back and you can't breathe and yep. there's also some possibility that he may have had some like sleep paralysis to go along with that, which a lot of like Scandinavian countries they do have um What's, what's referred to as the old hag, which was basically a demon that would come and sit on your chest and you'd wake up and you can't breathe, you can't move. It was the way they explained uh, sleep paralysis, essentially. So there's a possibility that that's kind of what he had going on a little bit. So before Mayhem, he had been in a band called Morbid, but after, uh, after recording a demo in one studio album, he broke the band up. It wasn't his band, but he's like, now we're done. <laughs> so these other two guys had started it and he came in. And he's like, ah, no, I think we're done. We're done here. Piss off. He, he ended up taking a bunch of the, a bunch of cassettes of the band to Euronymous in hopes that maybe like, because he knew that that mayhem was in the process of trying to rebuild and they needed a vocalist. So he brought a bunch of demos to him. Essentially he was like, Hey, take a listen, see what you think.
1: And, yeah.
0: uh, he liked him and he's like, yeah, let's, let's do it. Come on in. So he joins the band and the entire band would actually move into a house that, uh, that dead owned. I'm, I'm not, I, I can't remember if it was dead or Euronymous, but one of them owned this house. Um, it was just out. It was way the hell out in the woods. I think it, 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 it may U- have been Euronymous, You're right. I think.
1: Yeah, I think it was,
0: um, but this is a, like this house is way the hell out in the woods. If you see pictures of it, it's super fucking creepy because it's like up in the trees, up on this hill, and it's just it, it, it looks like an abandoned house, which it probably was. Um, yeah, but it was just it was just outside of Oslo in a town called Kragstad. And uh, once all the members of the band are under the same roof, they started realizing just how weird Dead was as a person. He didn't uh, he didn't really talk much to anybody. And when anybody talked to them, he would basically give them like a one word answer if he answered them at all. And I, I, I think it's I think it may have had something to do with his childhood trauma where he just kind of grew up a little awkward and didn't really know how to handle people. Um, yeah, it, at least pair didn't because dead was a different person completely, you know. <laughs> So when when he did start a conversation with anybody, it was usually revolving around his obsession with death and wanting to die just so he could experience it again, which is fucking dark. Yeah. So the, this part's kind of fun. Actually, he had a uh, he made a homemade spear that he, that he would kind of walk around the outside of the house with. And uh, anytime stray cats came along, he'd try to kill him with it because he fucking hated cats. It's like, I get it, dude. I'm a dog person too, but I'm not going to like, <laughs> I'm not running around trying to spear, you know, random cats and shit. But it is kind of weird that he disliked cats you know, so much considering he did share a hobby with them. He liked killing birds, but unlike the cats that are basically going to eat the bird or bring it back to the owner and go, hey, you're a terrible hunter. I brought this to you he would actually store them in plastic grocery bags and boxes under his bed and let them rot. And uh, he would tend to bag some of these up with him to bring when they went out to do a show. And before they went out on stage, he would kind of open the bag up and just jam his face into it and just start breathing. So he's inhaling dead bird, essentially. and the other real fucking weird thing that he would do is when they had a show coming up, he would go outside and dig a big hole in the clothes he was going to wear on stage. He would throw in it and bury for four or five days so that when he dug them up, he would quote smell like the grave and then start huffing dead birds and then go out on stage and do his thing. So the first live show that he did with the band was February 3rd of 1990 at uh, full cat house in Jessheim, Norway. And during the show, he had his bird bag, brought it up on stage with him. And in between songs, while people are kind of, you know, they're still like all fucking fired up and stuff. He, uh, he reaches into his back pocket and whips out a pocket knife and just starts fucking slashing his arms. He's like slashing both of his arms across his wrists, up and down the fronts and backs of his arms. And uh, people said they saw him making fists like very quickly. So he's standing there kind of just like, pumping his fingers together to make fists, getting the blood flowing yeah. back to the ends. And then he just started spinning his arms and throwing blood at people in the crowd, and they went fucking crazy. They loved it. Absolutely loved it. But he realized that he got himself a little bit too deep, so he ended up having to go backstage and wrap both of his arms with fucking electrical tape just to try to staunch the bleeding a little bit, which uh I don't know if you've ever put electrical tape directly on an open wound. It sucks. It's not fun because then you peel it off and you start bleeding again.
1: A little, not too bad. So just
0: kind of, so picture this guy. He's like, he's right around six feet tall. He probably weighs a little over a hundred pounds. He was really thin and just fucking gaunt sunken in eyes and just like the white paint with black rings around his eyes. He looks like a corpse and he's out there covered in blood and electrical tape. looks like he just walked out of a horror movie.
1: I just sent you a picture of, uh, of Anonymous uh, and uh, Death.
0: Oh, I've got that one.
1: <laughs> okay,
0: I pre-saved that one. It's actually the exact same picture.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So the onstage acts of self-mutilation continued through their tour. They they toured through Norway and Germany, and they eventually end up in Izmir, Turkey, and this is where they start getting into some trouble. Um, cause believe it or not, Muslim countries kind of frown on the kind of shit that they're doing, you know, like, you know, public displays of mutilation, uh, blaspheming against God. Not a big fan of that one. Um, yep. <laughs> so they're about halfway through their set and someone from the police department cuts power to the stage and the band got so pissed off that they started cussing out the crowd and spitting on people. And, uh, Necro butcher got a little out of hand and ended up getting arrested. um I believe he went down into the crowd and beat the shit out of some guy <laughs> um so eronymus had to bail him out and uh as soon as he was out of jail they they split they got the hell out of the country and um they headed back for Europe proper so toward the end of nineteen ninety dead and onymus start butting heads pretty uh pretty regularly, and as they're doing this it, it becomes more frequent where dead is withdrawing away from the rest of the band he's hanging out in his room he's spending a lot he spent a lot of time writing letters and just kind of like drawing i've got a quote here from necro butcher he says dead just sat in his room getting more and more depressed he and euronymous were getting at each were we're getting on each other's nerves a lot and uh necro butcher also tells a story that one night dead went outside to sleep in the woods because euronymous was playing synth music, which dead hated which i mean everybody does nobody wants to listen to synthesizers you know unless you're like super super into fucking van halen nobody wants any of that shit yeah so so euronymous gets pissed off that he is pissed off dead who's like fuck this i'm just gonna go sleep out in the woods because i don't want to listen to your bullshit so euronymous goes outside starts waving a fucking 20 gauge shotgun around in the air and firing off shots It's like, hey, motherfucker! What are you doing, hiding in the woods and just blasting, sh- <laughs> blasting shots off on the up in the air? So, right about here, may be a good time to take a break, and then we'll come back in with the events of April eighth of nineteen ninety one. Um, spoiler alert: it does get a hair graphic from here on out. Uh, if anybody wants to avoid it, you can. Um, But until then, we will be right back. We are back. So we're going to pick up on April 8th of 1991. I'm just going to get right into it here. This is a letter that was found on the table in the house that the band shared. Quote, excuse the blood, but I've slipped my wrists and neck. It was the intention that I would die in the woods so that it would take a few days before I was possibly found. I belong in the woods and I've always done so no one will understand the reasoning for this. Anyway, I give some semblance of an explanation. I am not a human. This is just a dream. And soon I will wake. It was too cold and the blood was uh, coagulating all the time. Plus my new knife is too dull. If I don't succeed dying to the knife, I will blow all the shit out of my skull. Yet I do not know. I left all my lyrics uh, by let the good times roll. Plus the rest of the money whoever finds it gets the fucking thing as a last salutation may i present life eternal do whatever you want with the fucking thing i didn't come up with this now but 17 years ago and the lyrics to life eternal that were included in the in this note a dream of another existence you wish to die a dream of another world you pray for death to release the soul one must die to find peace inside you must get eternal I am an immortal, but am I human? How beautiful life is now when my time has come, a human destiny, but nothing human inside. What will be left of me when I'm dead? There was nothing left when I lived. What you found was eternal death. No one will ever miss you. So that was uh, a su- the suicide note that uh, Per Olin, uh, dead, left on the table when uh he decided that his time here was done um so there's a there's actually a a very interesting theory that i found and it it makes a lot of sense some psychologists that i've kind of studied into the whole this whole event think that that dead may have suffered from something called cotard syndrome it's a very very rare mental disorder where the affected person has the belief that they're already dead or they don't exist. They never existed in the first place. Another part of this is they, they believe that their blood and internal organs are gone missing or have been taken. So another famous psychopath that would actually be diagnosed completely with it was Richard chase, who uh, is a serial killer that at some point in time we have to cover because that dude was a monster. Just possibly the like one of the worst serial killers that's ever existed and it's not because of the numbers it's because of what he did huh. the guy was yeah. fucking disgusting yeah so after he wrote the letter um you know what i think yeah let let, let me let me go into to what happened here and then we're going to jump into the first of our uh uh the first of our varg notes which is like cliff notes. If cliff was a white supremacist. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, so he wrote the letter, uh, cut both of his wrists with a hunting knife, stabbed himself in the neck. And then after realizing that he wasn't bleeding out fast enough, he went into Uranimus's room, found the 20 gauge shotgun that had been waved around and fired off in the air previous to this. um, unfortunately it was a very short 20 gauge shotgun. So unlike how most people would think where you put the barrel in your mouth and pull the trigger with your toes or you put it under your chin or whatever, um, it was sought off short enough that he could actually put the barrel of it to his forehead and pull the trigger. So it was a fucking mess. um, so let's hop into the first of our, yeah, yeah. Um, I can attempt to post the picture that, that was shared. Um, yeah. No promises I mean, that it won't get taken down, but I can try.
1: It, it was, it was such a mess so, that, well, I mean, the, the guy to find him was actually uh Euronymous. Oh, yeah. Let, I'll let,
0: let, let's get into that here.
1: Cause Euronymous, like, cause what was it? Death. Cause everybody had gone somewhere. And death was like, I don't want to go because he was so, like, yeah, I'm staying here. In I'm home. Yeah, and your and uh, is like, oh, shit, I forgot my keys. So he jumps, yeah. well, he jumps through well, a window. Let, let me hop
0: into that because we, we've got the actual explanation from our uh, our buddy Varg here, who was uh, this motherfucker liked to talk, so he says, quote we had agreed that I should send him some ammo for his shotgun. He didn't have any ammo. I did when I came back home and a month later he shot himself and just completely fucking ice cold about the whole thing. Uh, Many people speculate the RSF Aaronimus himself was the man that killed dead. It's one of the many rumors. There are a lot of rumors and I don't think that uh, I don't think that's true simply because he was out of town uh, when that happened. When he came back home, he didn't have his key. They had a couple of keys between everybody, and he had left his there. So he climbed through an open window, and when he crawled in, he found dead, well, dead in the bed. And then he laughs right here <laughs> with his, uh, you know, his brains blown out, literally. He shot himself in the forehead. The brain had fallen out from his skull. It was, you know, grotesque. And the first thing he did was not to call the cops. It was... Hey, uh, where's my uh, where's my photo equipment? So,
1: yeah, yeah. The fucker goes and gets his fucking camera to take yep. a fucking picture, a couple pictures of the fucking body, and then and then it has who the fuck was it? Another band member develop the fucking yeah yeah develop them. So the, like, the worst part oh, about this whole him.
0: thing was. Is he took a couple pictures of him laying there, and then he kind of started staging the scene a little bit differently. So he kind of like tipped him up a little bit. He put the shotgun next to him, took a p- couple pictures like that, moved stuff around again, laid it back down, put the shotgun across his chest, took a couple pictures like that. So he 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 took his time before he, you know, moved on. Be like, oh no, my friend shot himself. I got to call the cops. So here's where we get into another another real tricky place where there's a lot of speculation and a lot of stories. Um, so the, the, the story here is, and it's half true, half not, that Euronymous took pieces of dead's brain, cooked and ate it. That part of it's not true. The part that is true is that he took a, as many of these skull fragments that he could find, and he made necklaces out of a few of them and uh, another allegedly part here is that he kept a couple of chunks of this just floating around for him to chew on whenever he was bored just to you know chew on a chunk of skull um but he gave these necklaces out to uh, other musicians that he found would quote be worthy of having a piece of them and this is confirmed because morgan hackinson who is the guitarist for marduk has one of these necklaces with a skull fragment and there's actually a uh an ebay thread that you can follow where someone had put one of these up on ebay one of these ne- uh, skull necklaces and it sold for like thirty seven hundred euros so it kind of leads more credence into the fact that this actually fucking happened so after he ends up calling the police he calls Necro butcher, who was of all the guys in the band he was probably the closest to dead like they kind of understood each other they they would talk a little bit here and there what they knew when the other one didn't want to talk and they would just kind of like okay whatever and they'd you know peel off and do their own thing so he calls Necro butcher who was off visiting family and uh he says dead has done something really cool he killed himself and uh Necro butcher in this quote says i thought have you lost it what do you mean cool and then uh according to him er, uranus then says relax i have photos of everything and uh, necro butcher continues on i was in shock and grief and he was I had told him okay don't even fucking call me before you destroy those pictures the photos would be would go on to be used as the cover for a bootleg album called dawn of the black hearts, which was like a a set of like it's it's I couldn't really find one way or the other. It's between four and six songs that were recorded at a a, a live event that they had done without them knowing it. And then Euronymous found out that somebody had recorded it and he bought the songs from him and made this fucking album just to the whole thing. Like, from the music to the photo to actually putting the two together and selling it as an album, I think was a fucking vanity project for this guy. Euronymous was an asshole. There is no, no denying that he was a fucking asshole. Um, and of course not to let a a good tragedy go to waste. He started to really push the deadhead killed himself to increase the image of the band and just how brutal and violent the music was. He went as far as saying in an interview that Dead had killed himself, quote, because black metal has become too trendy and commercialized. This is a guy think- <laughs> that that you lived with, that you were you considered a friend, and you're like, ah, fuck it, let's make some money off it.
1: But, but part of me with him, as time goes on, is he's kind of a a bit of a a, a poser, a little bit. He is a poser. He talks
0: absolutely.
1: Yeah, he talks a great game. Like, he does all this stuff, but he doesn't really actually do it. So, yes. And we'll I get mean, into
0: some of the stuff that.
1: Like, the stuff with Varg later on. Yeah. You know, where it's like some of the stuff with him, like, with, in Euronymous, kind of like, you know. One saying one thing, one saying another, you know, and it's like, Varg's like, well, all right, talk to talk, walk to walk if you're talking the talk, you know. Like,
0: as much of a piece of shit as Varg is, he backed up what he was saying, (laughs) you
1: know. But, I mean, I wouldn't really say, I don't really call him a piece of shit, though. That's part of me.
0: Oh, he is a huge piece of shit, though. Like, the more, well, we'll get into it next week with him. He is a huge piece of shit. And you'll understand why you say that. I mean, from what I, Mm -hmm. what I
1: read, from what I saw in that video, I didn't really, I don't know.
0: That, that documentary, they, they kind of paint him in a, they paint him in a more relatable light. And then once he gets out of prison and he starts like, he has this freedom to start doing some other shit. You're like, oh, oh, they shouldn't let you out. You suck. Um so back back into this. So Necro Butcher was so pissed off and disgusted with euronymous about this whole thing that he left the band, that he was one of the founding members of he left this band and then starts planning on a way to do something about what has happened. He starts planning on how to kill euronymous himself. Um so while he's off plotting, the band is back down to two members, which would be Yoronimus and Hellhammer who was the drummer that Uranimus actually bullied into developing the, the photos of dead's corpse because he worked at a, uh, he worked at a um, photo development kind of thing at the time. So by 1992, Uranimus had started to build the band back up to full strength. He brought in a uh, Rook of Blackthorn. I'm sorry. His name was his stage name would be Blackthorn of the band thorns to play rhythm guitar Um, and hungarian vocalist attila zihar is how i'm gonna go with that um and then he brings in possibly the most infamous person in the entire black metal scene a guy that we've already mentioned a couple of times varg vickerns who was the he he it's kind of weird because all these other bands are multiple people he was kind of like the nine-inch nails of black metal, where he was the only member of the band Burzum.
1: No, sh- he was, there's two. There's two.
0: No, it was just him. It started no, off as two, and then it then it cut down to just him. So he was doing all the all the instrumentals and the singing and stuff.
1: But was it with um, him, so here here here's okay. So I cut. I'm gonna cut in on this one, because uh because from what he was talking about in the the docu- little documentary or whatever it was you want to call it he was saying that uh <laughs> for one of his albums he was like yes was either he was like i want to make it sound like the most disgusting thing you've ever heard the worst most awful thing you've ever ever heard and he's like they're like
0: he, re- he referred to it as corpse music
1: yeah, he's like, how are you gonna do that? I want that? it to
0: sound like the music is dead.
1: <laughs> I wanna I, I wanna get uh the mo- the most like decrepit, the worst like um microphone you could ever get. And he goes he goes, well, we ended yeah. up with uh with a uh with like a headset or something to talk into. Yeah. And uh and then we uh what was it? Uh we had a little like uh a, a little they used highly... a Marshall
0: amplifier where half of it was blown out.
1: <laughs> yep. He was like, "Yeah, we're gonna have a little Marshall thing and and uh little amplifier, little speaker." Uh It, it was like it, it, it listened to it because they played a little bit of it. Holy
0: crap! That's that sounds like dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, like half the it. fucking amplifier was blown out, like, like barely worked. He's like, "Oh, it was great." <laughs>
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Like one of the other Such guys a was fucking like,
0: "Weird dude."
1: Yeah, one of the other guy's is like, "Yeah, yeah." So, so I want to get the uh, I want to get the recorder or, or something. I want to record this, but he didn't want like one of these brand new recorders to like record it. It costs, like two thousand crowns or whatever. So he went just like little black. Yeah, market he had some place. guy
0: offer him one. It was like, uh, it was like. It was, like, barely used, like, this brand new, like, four-stage, like, recording thing. And the guy wanted, like, 2,500 kroner for it, which is, like, 11. Let's, I, I did the conversion. It's, like, 1,500 bucks American. And uh, he's, like, no. <laughs> he he's goes to this, like, alleys, fucking, like.
1: Black market back Black market
0: flea market thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, like, found, like, a fucking tape recorder. It was, like, oh, perfect. This will yeah. do. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't reverse,
0: it. but it does hit record. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what we want. It works. I'm
0: like, holy yeah! Fuck. He got it for, He said he's like, he's like, I got it for like 50 kroner, which is like five dollars American. He's like, it was perfect.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: But uh, that that dude, uh, Fenris. It was that that was him. Um, one of the guys they follow through most of this seems like a regular, normal dude. Like fucking works at the post office. Like you know, seems like a generally like genuinely good dude.
1: Well, um, no, no, he, he has his own record. He has a record thing. That yeah, he one. does
0: now. But like, at, like when, when all this stuff was going on, he was just like working in the post office and fucking listening to music and shit. Cause uh, I saw another thing with him where he said when, uh, cause he's a, uh, he's the drummer for dark throne. So like when they first started out, like they started like gaining a little bit of momentum, his boss wrote him up a couple of times because he would go back to, to ask him a question you know, like, cause he's back in the sorting room. So he's just kind of like going through envelopes and stuff. And his boss would stand there and yell and yell and yell and end up having to come up and poke him in the shoulder and be like, why are you not listening to what I'm saying? And he'd take his headphones off. He's like, Oh, sorry. He's like, just sitting there like, like fucking listening to music and filing shit off. Which apparently is a no, no in the Norwegian post office. I don't know.
1: I guess. So it was, it's like funny how like, like the, the, the show he, uh, We'll, we'll talk we can we can link the show we can watch it i think it's kind of a cool thing oh yeah for sure so they can be confused as us but uh it was he was like like he starts off he's like on a train and for some reason they like search his bags he's like, <laughs> he's like he's like okay they found uh uh what the fuck they found something <laughs> I, got, I got nailed but from they my tear
0: gas they yeah, had a fucking they, can they of tear gas they,
1: they found the tear gas so i'm gonna get a fine for that but they didn't find the drugs i'm
0: like oh my god of course not
1: (laughs) you got you're fucking incredible dude but anyway yeah so
0: so where we're gonna end this episode is we're gonna talk about uh which was a huge part of the scene at the time so uranimus opened his own record store and called it Helvet. Uh, yep. Opened the place in 1991. Like, I mean, it was it was a huge, huge store. Like, it was way bigger than it than it needed to be for a record store. Um, so he got a bunch of his buddies together. They they opened it up. They go through and they paint all the walls and all the furniture black. Um, they start hanging medieval weaponry and bones and helmets and shit like that on the walls. And the place had no electricity, like in the main part of the shop. So the entire thing is just lit by candles just to make it even creepier. And the the, the part for me that bothers me the most is that he didn't open this place by selling a bunch of his records or anything like that. He borrowed all of the money to open this place from his mom (laughs) and opens a fucking record store for him and his buddies to hang out. And then when people yeah. come in that have a different taste of music than him, they just fucking berate them <laughs> until they left. <laughs> or, Fuck you, you're or, in
1: here looking for something new? Fuck you, get out. Or as like Varg was saying, that like, he goes, we'd be sitting there and we'd be talking about cornflakes. How you like your cornflakes? Do you like your <laughs> yeah. cornflakes crunchy or do you like your cornflakes soggy? And he's like, I like my cornflakes crunchy. And I think it was Euronymous is like, no, no, you must take them and you must put them in the milk and let them get soggy. That's the perfect. Yeah. He goes, that's the way that he goes. And all of a sudden, like this kid comes in, he says, we're all just sitting there in normal clothes. He goes, also this kid comes in and he's got like, like uh, this shirt, like this outfit on jacket with like all these spikes on it and everything else. And <laughs> We're all like looking at him. Like what the hell? Basically. And, and he's like, they were looking at us. And they are like, what are you looking at? And they were all like, he's like, hello. And then, and he goes, they were all like shy
0: <laughs> and they were blushing and, and everything else. And then they run off and they tell their friends, Varg spoke to me, Varg talked to me. <laughs> he's like, yeah. it was weird, but it's like, it, like you look at these guys and you would like, you wonder what the conversations are that they're having. They're, these motherfuckers are talking about cereal. And then some kid yeah. wanders in and he's like looking at the shit on the walls. And he's like, the fuck do you want? Get out of here! <laughs> you know, but they, he thought they, they refused to help people. They're just like, eh.
1: but he thought he was the like, kid was weird looking. Like these kids were weird looking, coming in with fucking spikes on their stuff. They're like, he was like, it was kind of like almost like a like a weird looking thing because he goes, that's not what we were. You know, we didn't didn't really like do that, but
0: yeah they they weren't walking around town like that but like when they went on stage it was a different story Because like this is just like yeah i'm gonna wear my fucking my jeans and my black t-shirts around town because that's just how i dress i'm not gonna walk around covered in fucking blood and face paint and shit
1: but this is the same guy that was like varg was the same guy was hanging out in a store like this but at the same time because like it was uh local owned and everything this yep. is the same guy he fucking despised or probably don't know if he still does, but like does not like like uh McDonald's and all oh this dude, I have got
0: so many VARG quotes for next week with stuff like that. And this they're fun. <laughs> shot <laughs> at fucking McDonald's. Yeah. I'm crying out loud. So so they would they did all the all the painting and all that. Um like they they painted the outside of the the main door black, and they they painted Helvet, which is again the name of the store, at the top of the the door in blood red, which in Norwegian that translates to Hell's punishment. Uh, yeah, Hell being the goddess of the underworld in the Norse pantheon. So these guys, they they take their ancestral religion very seriously. Yeah, and we'll get into that again next week with Varg, where he fucking. Not a big fan of Christians, um, no. but the reason that this place was so important is it became kind of the, the central meeting grounds for members of all these different bands uh, like Mayhem, Emperor, uh, Burzum, which funny story. I had to figure out what the hell that word meant because I thought it was just made up. The name Burzum actually means darkness in black speech which was the language of Mordor from Lord of the fucking rings. So yes, oh these guys are all nerds too. So <laughs> yeah. Um, so they would, they would meet up in the, in the store or they kind of like tend to head down to the basement and they would drink and talk. Um, and Euronymous uh, actually gave this whole like little clique that he had built together. He gave them the the nickname of the black circle. <laughs> Yeah, he's got to be fucking dramatic about everything. Um, Even when they just like they just go hang out and they're like drinking wine and shit and talking. Um, but one of the big things that would go on here is they were just kind of discussing the music itself, how it needs to move forward, recording techniques. Um, they're trading tapes. They're just kind of hanging out. i just <laughs> being dudes. So kind of a weird detail. But the guy that would go on to be the drummer for Emperor, for the band Emperor uh, would go by the name of Faust. He worked in the shop as the uh, the clerk. So he was the guy that was catching everybody out. So he moved from Oslo. He, I'm sorry. He moved to Oslo oh from Lilyhammer. Yeah. Um, and he had nowhere to stay. So he basically just slept behind the counter. He had a, like a little bed and shit set up behind the counter. So he lived at the shop. But the reason he moved wasn't he Oslo like seventeen yeah he, he was, was a only kid. Like,
1: yeah, he was only like seventeen,
0: yeah, but the reason he moved from Lilyhammer to Oslo is because he was wanted for questioning in the murder of a gay man in Lilyhammer, and he was like, whoop sorry, gotta go, and uh fucking split town yeah <clears throat> so Helvet would actually also <laughs> become the uh the recording area for Euronymous's uh, new label, again, paid for with his mother's money. Uh, the label is called Death Like Silence. And a bunch of bands would uh, would actually record there, including all the ones that we just mentioned. And um, another one that's a, it's a, a very like pretty big band now is Dark Throne. Um, mm. Where if you check out the documentary that we've been kind of citing through this whole thing, it's called Until the Light Takes Us. Um, they follow the drummer of Dark Throne, uh, Gilv Nagal, who's, uh, who goes by Fenris. And he kind of walks them through the history of the whole black metal scene. And, you know, what brought the music to where it was and, and how, you know, it kind of has changed as it's gone through. Um, it's, it's a super interesting thing to watch. And like I said before, he seems like a genuinely good dude. Um. He never took part in any of these murders or what we're going to get into next week with the church burnings, anything like that. He just, you know, he kind of kept to himself. Worked at the post office and had a couple of pet cats. So,
1: but he didn't. A he did. Uh, fucking regular dude. But he didn't disagree with them. He was no, he like, didn't
0: disagree, but he also didn't want to go to fucking jail.
1: <laughs> no, but I mean, he he was still like you know. Like yeah, I like it, but like most of the stuff now, it seems like when he's he's talking about like they're talking to him about it, the different stuff in the movie, the documentary, he's like, kind of like, uh, dismayed a little bit. He's like, you're fucking insane. He's like, you know, uh, he's like, I don't like how how it is now. He doesn't like some of the stuff. He doesn't even like his own fucking music that he writes, he says.
0: (laughs) He goes, it should make you want to kill yourself. Yeah. And that's that's the thing, is like that. As it became more more popular, and you have all these other people come in, they kind of water down the whole thing. They they start to you know, that you start to have the people that are like, oh, yeah, look, we're so fucking hardcore. We we talk about doing this in our music, and we talk about doing that in our music. And then you have, like, the old guard where these guys were like, uh, yeah, but here's the thing. Have you ever thrown a fucking decapitated pig head at somebody in the crowd? No? Okay, so shut the fuck up then, because that's what we've been doing for years. Like, a lot of these bands, like again, they're, like, on stage, they would have fucking spikes driven into the stage where they've got like sheep heads and fucking pig heads and shit like that like actual decapitated animal heads that they dunk in just buckets of blood and fucking peg out into the crowd at people yeah you know they these guys were fucked up like they did a lot of really weird shit um a, a band that kind of came along a little bit later uh gorgoroth is the name of it which again comes from lord of the rings because you know why not nerds and shit um they did a show in i can't remember what town it was in poland but it was the uh the birthplace of um pope john paul ii and they did this show on his birthday and as they come out one of the guys is like wheeling this thing out behind him and it comes out on the stage and it's a fucking cross where they've got some woman tied up naked like crucified to this cross and as they're going he just kind of grabs it and twists it upside down and <laughs> puts it in place so they have a naked woman crucified upside down on stage in the pope's hometown on his birthday uh, i i don't know if you can take much more of a shot at fucking <laughs> at christianity or catholicism than that like that's a but that's like pretty big, big one
1: <laughs> the biggest thing was like the fucking elf, they all... stuff right there they all thought like that, that, like, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it like, you know, next episode probably, you know, more likely, but, but like the media portrayed them as being Satanists and they're like, yes, and it's kind of like, we're, they're like, try to tell them like, no, we're not, but whatever. No. You just want to keep going with it. So, okay, whatever, you know,
0: And a lot I mean, of, a lot of them were like, well, we're not really Satanists, but if it's going to scare you guys, we'll say we're Satanists. Yeah, you know, if the shoe fits, we'll go with it. I guess. Um, but yeah, it's. It, I mean, I, I'm I'm not quite done with the research still, but I'm I'm very fascinated to to finish this. And Jesus Christ, like I said, I've still got three pages of of Var quotes that we got to work in next week. Where the dude is fucking nuts. Uh Part of me but, is like
1: he's fucking nuts, but part of me is like uh, maybe he's 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 spot on with a lot of the shit. There's,
0: and again, like I said, I can see his argument, and parts of it make sense. But then once he got out of jail, he kind of he gets a little weird. I mean, he he was always weird, but then like we we could easily play a game of who said it was it Varger Hitler. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh with some of his viewpoints where you're like, oh, oh, you sh- you said that on the internet where people can read it? What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. Like, like th- this is a guy that was that was charged for hate crimes in a country he's never been to because of shit that he said on the internet. <laughs> like they put him they put him on trial in a country he had never been to for hate speech. <laughs> I'd like to know how the fuck that works. But I have no you know, but anyway, so next week I we'll be up. back basically with, uh, with the, the life and crimes of Varg essentially, and uh, yeah, and I'm sure there'll be some other stuff to throw in there too. But uh, yeah, it's it's gonna stay just as weird as it has been.
1: Yeah, talking about this guy gave me the I damn hiccups. <sighs> oh,
0: Good, <gosh. laughs> but. Anyway Kevin, why yeah. don't you uh why don't you take us out of this? so yeah, so
1: uh, this is probably one of those episodes where you might want to have a pair of earphones or headbuds
0: um or you know if you oh, said- I'm sorry, what bucket- was that? what was that? I'm sorry, did you say earphones or headbuds I said <laughs> headphones or
1: I said he- no, you misheard me I said head headphones or earbuds
0: I'm pretty sure you said headbuds oh whatever. Oh, I'm pretty you sure you he said e- headbuds, but I'll find out.
1: Whatever. You could say headbuds. What
0: the fuck is a headbud?
1: <laughs> I don't know. They go in your ears. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Tiny, so, tiny ear
0: speakers that plug into yes, your head.
1: Little ear speakers that you can hear sound out of. So, anyway, so you get, if you want a pair of headphones or earbuds, or because, you know, you don't want anybody to hear some of this fucking wacky shit. But if you were one of those ones like, you know what? Fuck yeah. I want you to hear it. You can get a Bluetooth speaker. Go over to a little place called studio.com. Check them out. And when you find what you want, put your uh, promo code of darkwindows15 in at the little discount section to get 15% off your entire purchase. Also, if you forget that, you can uh, go over to another little place.
0: Darkwindowspod.com. .com. The, home, the home of the Dark Windows Podcast. We have links to all of our social media. Uh, Facebook, we're at Dark Windows Podcast. We have uh, Instagram, where we're at Dark Windows Pod. Uh, Twitter, which we use through Instagram, because Twitter sucks. I hate Twitter. Um, but you also have links to our Age of Radio page, where you can listen to every episode of this shit show that we've ever recorded, including our old stuff. And you can also find your next favorite podcast at ageofradio.com. We've got something for everybody, whether it be history, true crime, uh nerd shit of every flavor and variety. We've got a little bit of everything. We've got sports. Go check us out. Age of radio.com and uh sorry, age of radio.org. I'm, I'm sorry, is the uh, the website. And uh got a, a little bit of everything there. Yes. So until and you, can email, you,
1: can, oh. you can email us at darkwindowspod forget about that. at gmail.com. That's darkwindowspod yes. at gmail.com. And you can say how shitty we are or, you know, or, or give requests um, also, or how great we are. Or, or nah, you can contact us personally. Yeah. Or it's you a, can 802
0: <laughs> 558.
1: <laughs> you are going to cut that I'm gonna out. I'm going to leave
0: that in. I'm going to give everybody your phone number.
1: Uh, oh, no. uh, no, uh, no, nobody,
0: nobody ever talks to me. Well, now they will, bitch. They're going to text you. You're going to get wiener pictures and stuff.
1: Yeah. <laughs> thanks. <Dickhead. laughs> uh, anyway. and, and also, uh, wherever you're listening to this rate review and subscribe, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, Put that's still that a
0: pretty important thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I guess. And then with that said, uh, just because you can't see out hmm. into the dark, doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you throw a severed pig head at that that music button no <laughs> oh, gross dude